Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Gay. Gay, gay, gay. Oh. It is St. Pete Pride (laughs) Weekend. I just wanted to start with something really strong. Okay. Gay. That's fine. Uh, we are celebrating St. Pete Pride this weekend on Hot 101.5 on our radio station. If you yes. happen to listen to this before the weekend or during the weekend, so we'll be playing like your favorite St. Pete Pride um, uh, anthems mm-hmm. throughout the entire weekend. And so we got a couple of guests on coming on the podcast today to sort of help us talk and discuss pride and exactly what does it mean but before we talk to the gays aka myself and some other people we have lined up Uh holly as an ally who has been taken on this journey since you and i started living together back in 2008 yes and we've worked together and we've been to small prides big prides we've been in the center of it we've just been spectators yeah we really have been all around it we really have what does it mean to you now versus when we first met in 2008? Good question. Which I feel like is a stalling tactic for when know, we're right, trying right. to get your answer together. Good question. Um. Okay, so what it... Let me start in 08. So mm-hmm. in 2008, I was a fan of gay pride. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I was sort of... Like you just talked about, like when it comes to pride and the how uh, what we've taken part in it, I feel like I was more of a spectator who cheered from the sidelines mm. as opposed to someone that was actually involved with it. Right. And I think that came from a lack of knowledge, a lack of mm. know-how, a lack of a lot of things. Right. Um, because in 08, I had gay friends. Um, obviously, when I met you and we became roommates... Um, I added you to like the fold, but I was able to get such a bigger, expansive view on what it means to be gay or an LGBTQ ally. So I sort of feel like I went from listening and hearing from my individual gay friends to recognizing the bigger overarching overarching picture mm. of everything that comes with it, not just, okay, this is what it means to be gay. And yes, I love you the same regardless because it doesn't really matter to me. Um, And I honestly, and for when I was, because I'm 38. So when I was in high school, I didn't really know any gay people. Mm. Nobody was out in my high school. I mean, there were some kids that we thought maybe were gay because we knew what it meant but we didn't really know what it meant. Mm. Oh, well, that guy likes another guy. Maybe. I don't know. Does he? Is that gay? Right. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever. But I will say this. When I was in high school, because I was in show choir, I was always one of, like, the musical kids. Like, I was mm. in band, show choir, drama. So, obviously, I tended to fall in with some of the gay kids, even though they weren't necessarily out. It was like we were sort of the outcasts. Mm. Like, we weren't your typical... 
like, you know, football players and cheerleaders if you're going to segregate the high school into, you know, groups like that. So we were like the band kids. We were the ones that were a little bit outside the norm. So I always felt like, and maybe this is what has helped me through the years, I always sort of felt like I already belonged to that community. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so through high school, regardless of a girl who liked another girl or even if it was just like rumored about, I was like, I don't care. Right. These people are nice to me and I'm weird. Like I'm I'm not, I don't fit in with most people, but mm. I fit in here. Mm. That's what it was like in the late 90s. Mm. Like I remember when Dawson's Creek had a gay character and everybody Jack. was like, what? Mm-hmm. It was just, it was like more... It wasn't in the 80s where it was like taboo to be gay, but it was not yet fully understood and accepted. Right. A gay character was like a big thing. It was like, oh, girl, we got to write newspaper articles about it. Right. And I will fully credit and I always fully credit the musical, the Broadway musical Rent for really hitting it Mm. home for me. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, I was in choir. I was in show choir and band and drama and all this. And God bless our gay uh show choir director, Mr. Cinquapalmi, Mr. C, we called him, who decided that we were going to do a medley from the musical Rent as our spring show and show choir. So here are these, like, you know, mostly white kids. There were some black kids in our school. In fact, there was a couple black kids in show choir. Um, But God bless Mr. C for deciding, you know what? We're doing a rent medley in high school. Oh. And that was like right when the musical came out in like 96. Oh. Oh, we did it in 97. So oh, wow. obviously it's a bit of a controversial musical. Yeah, they wouldn't let us do it at our school. That's what I'm saying. Like probably he got it in early before any school board members knew what it was about. Right. Because I'm sure they wouldn't have let us sing about all of the stuff they cover in that musical. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he got it in real early. And the music is just, it's a rock opera. It's, it's powerful. fantastic and powerful. And then after we had sung through the medley and performed it and we were all in love with it, he took us on a trip to um, downtown Cleveland to see it when it came through. Oh, wow. Oh. And so we were already in the culture, but we didn't really know it. Right. It was almost like, I really, the more I'm talking about it, the more I really feel like I want to reach out to Mr. C and just be like, Bravo. Because mm. we didn't, he never announced he was gay. Like, right. you, you just didn't really at the time. No. But, like, uh, obviously. Girl, that's like my choir teacher, Mr. Timothy Spraggins. Mm. We knew it, but we never said it. And then when one of my friends saw him at a gay party when we were after college, and they were like, guess who I saw at this party, girl? <laughs> well, I just remember there was another guy. Mr. C had a, an assistant named Dennis H. Ladd. I think it was actually Dennis Ladd, but it was spelled H L A D. And he was this, like, twink of a little skinny choreographer boy <laughs> who had a shirt with an egg on it that said whip me beat me eat me and, oh, oh my and we were like dennis uh, and he was like it's about eggs um, so anyway now that i'm remembering all this mm. we were around it and it just didn't seem off to us right. so having watched rent and if you've never heard of or seen of or anything please please at the end of pride month here do yourself a favor and at least get the movie because mm. now there's a movie about it absolutely with, you know a lot of stars um so anyway That was my high school experience. So Rent broke down all the doors. I was like, there's a a man in drag who loves another man? Cool. Mm. Uh, There's this uh, hetero couple, and they both have HIV, and they're trying to work through that? Cool. There's a woman who just left her boyfriend for a girl, and now they're in a a lesbian relationship? Cool. Like, like you're at that age when you're 16, 17, where you're like, all right. Fine with me. So that brought me into college, and then I was in show choir in college, too. 
And so all of us, because Rent was that few years old by then, but then all in college, I actually started to know some out gay people mm. who were unapologetically, flamboyantly out. Not that you have to be flamboyant, but these guys happened to be. And um, it was fantastic being mm. friends with them because it like when you go to college, one of the main things that you look for is a broadening of your horizon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes you out of your hometown circle and actually forces you to get to know people that you wouldn't have even had the chance to meet otherwise. So it was almost like I was already made to be an ally. Mm. Um, and so through college, it was just, okay, this is, this is, this is normal. Right. To me, it never, it never wasn't normal because I was always in with that group and I felt like I belonged. Mm. So it was like my group, even though I'm not gay, I just felt like I was belonged there. And so as the years have gone by, and then of course, you know, I met you and that's where it got deeper. So instead of just being like, you know, friends with people, and that's by the way, when I stopped saying the phrase, that's gay, mm. because that was something that we said. Right. In the 90s yeah. and the early 2000s. Like you said that and you said the R word mm -hmm. because we hadn't learned yet not to. Right. Except my friend Brian, God bless him. We were at the Beagle. We're at the Regal Beagle and we were like <laughs> dancing to Christina Aguilera. And I have my drink and I'm half drunk and we're dancing. And I said something about some guy having like given me the sh cold shoulder. And I was like, that's okay. And he was like, mm -hmm. girl, what's gay? Mm. And I was like, uh. Mm. I was like so just mortified and and I felt so terrible and just horrific in that moment mm -hmm. and after that I was like boom never again right I got it now it has like all the air was like sucked out of the room and I was like I you understand it. I got it now I got it it wasn't long after that that I I realized the same thing about the R word <clears throat> um before you go on Holly and we're gonna get to you Scott we do have Chris from St. Pete Pride I'm sorry I'm keeping you waiting no no you're fine um <laughs> Because I wanted to get that perspective from, like, someone from an ally who has watched Pride grow, not just St. Pete Pride, but just Pride in general, and to sort of get what you experienced in the 90s and early 2000s to where we are now. And we have Chris Bundy, uh, who is the president of St. Pete Pride. Welcome to the podcast. Well, good morning. Good morning, Scott and Holly and Miguel. How are you? Wonderful. Oh, so good. So obviously this pride season is a little bit different, different than what we have ever experienced before. Um, before we get to the details, how are you and the pride board feeling about everything? Oh, wow. So it was certainly, and we made the decision about oh, five or six weeks ago, we we kept an eye on how things were progressing earlier in, early in the year when, when things started the end of February and March, and we just didn't know enough to, at the time, cancel it. So a few weeks, about five weeks, uh, we did make the, um, you know, the hard decision to, to cancel. Um, mm. It was hard. It was emotional. I, 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 we did it via Zoom. We did it safely. And I, I, would, I would be lying if I said that I did it with, uh, with a dry eye um, mm. because I, I get a bit emotional because, and even this week, I've been thinking, you know, well, this would have been the, the day we have our launch party, um, or this would have been the day we had the concert. So it's been it's been an emotional experience, but we are we've we've processed it and we are ready to um, focus on 2021 mm. uh, starting soon. We're going to have planning meetings and, and so forth. So we have stuff to look forward to right. uh, on the horizon. Mm. Um, so let's talk about 
what pride means for this city, for St. Pete Pride, what it means for Tampa Bay. Because um, I know from going to Atlanta Pride um, every year in October, that's where I'm from, um, you know, I, I have the, the things that I do. Like, I we go out Friday night, and then we go to the festival in Atlanta. It's, um, it's your routine. Right, and then you go to the parade. So I don't know any of the workings or the financial impact or anything like that about what it does for the city. But because I work so closely with you all, um, with St. Pete Pride, I know the details. But a lot of people just know, I go to the parade, I go to the festival. It's That's a fun, it. It's a fun thing, and we all celebrate. Right. So walk us through... Because I want people to understand, like, how much planning goes into putting on this huge, the largest Pride Festival in Florida, second largest yeah. in the Southeast. What goes into planning? Well, we start usually around uh, anywhere from 12 to 15 months prior. Oof. Wow. Goodness. So we've um, we've actually already started lining up entertainment for next year, some of which we're, we're going to be on the docket for this year. So I can't quite tell you who, who is going to be here. Um, I want to keep that a surprise. But we Can I just sing some uh, divas and see if, if no, you can? No, no. <laughs> you cannot play this, the Ask 20 Diva questions. Can, can I? <laughs> let me sing some divas and see if they were going to be here this year. But I, I will tell you, it is, it's, unfortunately, it won't be Gaga or Beyonce. So. <laughs> well, gosh darn it. <laughs> Were you telling me we don't have a $6 million entertainment budget for well, St. Pete Pride? That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but you, you speak to a good point. There, we, we, do, we are a nonprofit, um, and, and so we, we have our event thanks to sponsors that are able to, you know, to give them themselves. And uh, as we focus to 2021, we're actually going to start um, off, I mean, basically coming to the community and saying, hey, what are – you know what are this? You know what is what's important to you? What are the things that we should we should stand behind? So mm. um, that's cool. Yeah, it's about twelve to fifteen months out. We start the planning process, uh, and it's it's some of it's exciting, which you know it's entertainment and themes and what kind of you know what's going to be the you know what are we going to put on the cover of the Pride Guide? And I mean that's the that's the exciting stuff. Uh, and we have amazing community partners, you know, with Dash Creative that that really helps us with our with our website and that but there's also the the not so fun part of it oh so i have to fill out a form <laughs> to reserve a park and now where do i have to go to get this i mean there's there's stuff like that that's not Ooh, exciting, the business right right, they, right. no one would ever I have know to go that. up to clearwater to you know the al- alcohol board and get that you know stamped Oof. so there's there's a lot of you know kind of busy work as well right now, there's a lot of things that you all do um, outside of just putting on the festival and the parade and then the concert normally on Friday night. What are some of the other things throughout the year that Pride facilitates for the community? So, uh, and, and you were there. You were there in, in the beginning of uh, March when we had a Taste of Pride at the Coliseum. We mm-hmm. had uh, roughly 20 restaurants or so. Uh, and and bars bring like a specialty cocktail, uh, and we we voted and we were able to give two thousand dollars back to the community that day. Mm. Uh, one of the winners was Come Out St. Pete, and the other was the Pet Pal Animal Shelter. Uh, and each of those organizations received a thousand dollars. So that's 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 pretty our that's our first event of the year. 
Uh, and then in the fall, in the past, we've had a uh, we tried a Halloween event last year uh, in partnership with uh, AIDS Health Foundation (AHF) uh, at Out of the Closet. It was our first year, and we learned a, a lot of lessons. It was Sunday night, so we didn't get quite the the turnout that we had had hoped. But uh, we're hoping to bring that back again this year. Uh, you know, CDC guidelines and and you know you know government recommendations, of course you know, are pertinent to that, right? Uh, whether we can meet or not. And then, of course, there's Red and Green, uh, which is always the first Saturday in December mm-hmm. uh, at Sunken Garden. So we're hoping that uh, life can return to somewhat normal and we can we can have that event uh, this fall. Um, What are, or if this is being talked about yet, I know that, you know, since we've been dealing with the death of George Floyd and a spotlight has turned on to the black community, and there has been an even bigger spotlight on women, black trans women, because they have been murdered at an ungodly rate for just trying to live their life. Um, is there anything in the works to sort of help shine a spotlight locally on those voices? So there is, and although St. Pete Pride isn't necessarily a host of it, um, there is this weekend a LGBT Solidarity March downtown, and I don't have the the specifics in front of us, but we are, uh, St. Pete Pride is sponsoring the um, sign-making station that that people will be able to come down and and make signs, and it's going to start early Saturday morning uh, downtown. So I believe there is an event on Facebook, so we're we're not... officially hosts of it, but we are certainly going to be down there to support. Um, and there are, um, I mean, we're certainly having those conversations internally, but we certainly don't want to, from from an organization being St. Pete Pride, to, you know, to really yell too loudly. We want to amplify the voices that are, uh, you know, those that are marginalized and help amplify them mm-hmm. uh, instead of, instead of, you know, because I mean, full disclosure, I'm a you know I'm a white man, right? So it's I don't want to you know stick my foot in anything and by chance overshadow the voices that should be heard. You want to amplify the voices and right. not have yours we accidentally mixed in. Yeah, I yeah I'm as an ally, my voice is important, mm-hmm. but it is certainly not as important as the people that need to, need to get their message out. Right. Absolutely. Um. What was your first pride experience? My first pride experience was Chicago pride. Cause I grew up in central Illinois, a little tiny farming town. So we didn't have anything resembling like a gay straight Alliance or anything like that. So I went up to Chicago probably would have been somewhere around 2000, 2001. Um, I was barely in my my 20s. I'm not going to give you my full age. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's it was it, it was crazy because I I had one. I mean, I met the one gay other gay guy in my town, let alone my high school, my town mm. that had three high schools. And we I met another one, and we're like, all right, well, I'm going to get my grandma's Lincoln, and then we're going to go up to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and like we got we got alcohol out of the cabinets and we went up there and we're like we're gonna have a good time and it was i i get up there and it's like there's all these people that are like me mm. there's kids my age up there like me and so 
I've always taken that with me that, you know, as we plan prides here in, you know, St. Pete, uh, and I'm involved in other organizations that, you know, have, have presence, you know, at pride, like tech data, that we, we're making an event that will be someone's first pride. Mm. There will always, every year that will be someone's first pride. Right. That will be a kid with his, bringing his mom or bringing his friends from high school. And that will be their first experience. So what may seem like um, just kind of a repeat from last year, oh, it's another gay weekend. We're going to get on a float and, you know, dance with our shirt off. It's, I mean, you know, that's part of it, but there's also that sense of community that we're going to provide to um, young, young kids. And I think that's very important. Wow. Well, we are uh, trying our best to sort of keep the spirit alive for Pride um, on Hot 101.5 this weekend. And so we are uh, lifting y'all up and shouting it from the rooftops. And so as people are having their own personal celebrations of Pride and maybe in like a, a, a very roundabout way with everything that's happening and looking at the glass half full, that instead of us focusing on the the party and the advocacy and all the other things, that this year's pride is to be more internal mm-hmm. for you to sort of turn inside and say, what can I do to better the cause? What can I do to help amplify the voices of black trans women or whoever needs to be lifted up or and amplified? If you haven't before, but you've always felt it in your heart, if you are an ally, make your voice heard, but amplify the voices of the LGBT community. Right. You know, it's right. like it's I don't want to say it's the same thing, but you saw what happened with Blackout Tuesday. And, you know, it's a time for, hey, you know what? A- enough being silent. Right. Are you an ally or not? And so maybe that you do that on social media this year or you and, do something along those lines. So and, and one thing to remember is that ally is not not a noun you're not you know just an ally and then you are you don't declare yourself an ally and that that's it mm. so and just like during blackout tuesday that it doesn't end with that black rectangle right that that doesn't do anything let's be real mm-hmm. but it starts a conversation right so as an ally be the it sounds silly but be the verb do that do the action Say the words, start the conversations, and if you see the microaggressions uh, against black people or gay people, say, hey, that's, that's not cool. That's not right. And here's why. Right. Mm. Not just make them feel bad for saying it, but educate them. Right. Because right? that doesn't really do anything except no. leave people angry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, right. educate, educate. And like we did. And, and, go ahead. And, and do it in a positive way. Yes. Always, like I, I have a friend that has. Always had it like in his in his email signature at work. Always assume positive intent. Mm. I love so, that. right. So you just you know, hey, like for example, someone said, "Oh, that's kind of gay." Mm. Is that really what you mean? Because it comes across this way. Right. Let me tell you why. Right. right. So it's 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 a conversation. It's not like, hey, you're bad. You're bad for saying that. Mm. Right, because then there's no learning that takes place. and you, There's no learning. There's no room for that person to become educated. It's yeah. just, well, I don't. Uh, you're, you have, I have no place for you. Mm. Right. Um, right. Chris, if I am someone who 
I've never been to a pride parade. You know, they've listened to us for years and they've heard us talk about it. And I want to get more involved. Obviously, I can't do that now with everything going on. One, what is a good resource to start with? Like, is there a website or a movie that you would recommend? And two, how would I sign up? And is it possible to sign up to help out with pride next year if I want to be an ally and actually, you know, put boots to the ground and help out? There is. So I'll start with your your second question first. We are always taking uh, volunteers on the site. Uh, you can go to the site, click, you know, become a volunteer, um, and we'll collect your information. And that goes to one of our several volunteer coordinators uh, on our amazing, amazing production team. And as Pride comes around, whether it's red and green or a Halloween event or, um, you know, Pride next year, we'll, we'll be able to use that and be able to reach out. Now, if you're just learning about, you know, the Pride movement, I, I would suggest that this weekend especially um, is what is called World or I'm sorry Global Pride mm. is a virtual event that's being broadcast for a full 24 hours I believe starting at 1 a.m. our time and we'll be we'll be posting this on uh, the St. Pete Pride Facebook page um, oh, so right definitely go there and check it out and it's a it's a global broadcast that is. Uh, put on by Interpride, which is like the collection of all of the Pride organizations in the world. It's hosted by Todrick Hall, who I love oh. immensely. And it is, it's 24 hours of um, organizations from around the world saying, hello and happy Pride. And there's going to be drag queens and, and other types of segments. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Love it. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that resource. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Also, I'm going to um, suggest... I haven't watched it yet because it just came out this week, but I heard an interview with um, Laverne Cox, who she rose to fame during um, Orange is the New Black, and yeah. she is a, a trans woman who's very outspoken and does a great job of uh, making you understand why we're shining a spotlight on black trans women. Um, and this movie has come out this week where it, does, it, it goes over the themes and how Hollywood has portrayed trans people um, in Hollywood. And it's super fascinating from what I've heard. She was on an interview on a podcast with Brene Brown. I heard this week and only got to listen to the beginning. But Brene Brown for like three minutes was like, I watched the trailer 44 times. Like, oh. it's that amazing. Like, this is, I can't, I, I need to, I can't wait for this to come oh, out. Wow. Okay. Um, so I think that's a good resource. And it's called Disclosure. And it's on Netflix. It just came out this week. So that might be another good resource for you if you're hanging out at home and celebrating Pride in your own way. Well, Chris, thank you so much. How, what are, uh, the, do people just type in St. Pete Pride for all the social media platforms yeah. and the website? Yep, St. Pete Pride. Um, stpride.com will get you uh, we'll get you there. And um, I will start, I, I did want to go quick back. There is a, uh, it's a documentary that PBS has broadcast, but I believe you can get it on uh, possibly Amazon, but it's called um, Stonewall Uprising. Mm. And it's a documentary about that weekend that turned into the very first Pride. Mm. Uh, Marsha P. Johnson was uh, a black trans woman, um, and she was uh, kind of the leader of the, you know, that uprising that weekend. So we, we, we certainly owe the, the rights, the equal rights that we have fought and 
and one uh, to to people of color. So I think we should not ever, ever, ever forget that. I love it. Um, I want to end. I want to end your interview, Holly, because I feel like you had this taken away from you this year. Because whenever we uh, we usually host the Stonewall reception, we do. Um, that kicks off Pride, and you always love saying this one line every year. I really love to say Happy Pride to everyone. Yes. Oh, I, I got a little teary. I think about it. I just love it because it means so many different things to so many different people, but it's still so positive. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. Love your show. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> love you guys. Have a great weekend. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, before we get to the next guest, Scott, what is Pride to you from, let's say, before you got to USF? What, last year? feels like. Miguel. Now, when did you get no, to USF? I got to USF 2015, and honestly, okay, y'all, you don't need to have that reaction. Holly, we were here trying to figure out how to push the buttons at Hot 101.5 when Scott started college. That's fine. It's fine. That's well, fine. when I got to, I didn't even know what Pride was. I didn't yeah. even know it was a thing. I honestly didn't know what Pride was probably until I really dove into, like, knowing what the gay community was all about once I got to college. Like, I knew it was a thing. But never really, it was never really a discussion. It was never, like, I have I have gay friends, but it wasn't really out there as, like, a thing of, like, there was common conversation. And then, I remember, like, as soon as I got to college, it was, like, full-on everyone was just, like, talking openly. I was having discussions with people with what it means and learning their experience, which was just so eye-opening because I never really, like, I obviously had my younger years of going through it, and then you would just obviously have those phrases like either that's gay or, oh, are you gay or whatever. And then you slowly, gradually get out of that, and you start, you know, standing up against that. and like, dude, that's dumb. Like, you don't need to say stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that started happening probably more in my high school years where it's like I definitely, there was absolutely gay people in our high school. But again, it wasn't something that was just like talked about openly or people were just so open about it. And then once I joined a couple of diverse groups in USF and started to learn more about that community, that's when I was like full blown, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, it's like the door is open. Exactly. And you're like, the doors uh, are open. Do y'all know about this world over here? Yeah. And it, it's tough when what I was thinking about this whole time is like, it's so weird to think like you're almost conditioned sometimes to just think that things are either taboo or they are like just a little, like you should feel like, eh. I guess seeing, like, let's say if there was, like, two guys kissing on a movie. It's like you're growing up and you're almost conditioned, like, oh, that's gross. And then you're like, okay, you slow. As I've gotten to this point right now as a 23-year-old, it's slowly just that has just gone away. Those things have just gone away. Mm. The more that you're surrounding yourself and learning about it, it's like. Right. With different Wait, people and different sense. outlooks. Because especially if you, you know, mm. if you grow up and you're not really around anything like that. How, how do you know any different? Exactly. And so my first ever Pride was 2018 when I joined the promotions team and we did it here with the radio station over here in St. Pete. So my first one was actually going and just doing that with the team and seeing it for the first time, which was just mind-blowing. Like, I was already, like, all in, like, heck yeah, like, love is love. Do you. Like, I want you to be happy. It's your life at the end of the day. So do whatever you want. And then seeing it and seeing just the pure joy and how nice and sweet everyone was and how supportive everyone was. I'm like, this is what it's about. Like, at the end of the day, like, we just want a community that holds each other up right. and uh, allows us to advance. And so 
that was honestly like that was like the biggest moment that has just gradually led to now, which mm. now I'm li- living. I'm the only straight guy in a house with like you know you. <laughs> And it's funny because I get to now have those conversations, like I was just talking about before, where people still have that thought process of like, ooh, what is that like? Or they almost, they think in their mind, they're conditioned that it's kind of either weird or just different. And I have to explain, I'm like, it's literally no different than if I were living with you. You know, it's this I'm now, you know, honestly, I'm just kind of, I'm just used to it. I'm just, I'm part of it. You know, it's not anything weird to see or be around or talk about. It's just the same as if I was hanging out with three straight guys. Right. Do you have people that ask you, like, even, like, recently, like, what's it like living with three gay guys? Like, oh, it's not are there, like, sex parties that, going on? No. Like, sex parties. Or they have, like, it's orgies every day? No, it's not as straightforward as that. It's more so the question. It's, like, the underlying question to what they're asking. is like, what is that like? Or, like, how is it? And it's, like. Because they haven't experienced it. Yeah, they're thinking, like, wait. <laughs> Is it weird living with, you know, three gay guys? Is there, like, rainbow flag decorations everywhere? <laughs> like, does yeah, RuPaul the- play at 6 p.m. every night? Like, like a sometimes. circle jerk going on? <laughs> like- no, it's sort of like the Hunger Games, you know, like when someone dies every night and it's like <laughs> the spotlight goes up. We do that for RuPaul yes. every night at 6. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But it's cool because I get to explain to them and, then like, kind of open their minds of, like, you have to realize that it. Once you're just, you have to put yourself in situations to learn more and grow more because obviously right now you haven't been around it enough to just see that it's like there's no difference in what you and I live in or together or what you're experiencing than what I'm experiencing. Were there any surprises over the past year that we've lived together that you've seen about gay people that you did that you were like shocked to see? Something that we've done or said. And if no, then that's fine. I don't think there's but anything that pops out. I mean, it's just, it's more so of like just, how do I explain it? It's like the things that I would, you know, I would, I wouldn't be surprised at. Like, I'm not surprised that there's like a, like a group of friends that just like you get together constantly and you always are ready to have a good time. Or you're always very supportive of what each other are going through in your life. Like, I Oh, what do you mean, like, my group of friends? Yes. Like, oh, there's been gotcha. plenty of times, too, because that's a big thing with, you know, friends in general. Like, how many times have me and my straight friends got together and just sat in a circle and, like, literally gone through each other's, like, drama or gone through each other's life? Yeah. And that happens, like, every week. <laughs> I know. Does it not happen often for straight people? Not like really. straight dudes? It's growing, but it's not so much, like, the whole dang posse yeah, comes no. over. I and, never like, experienced they'll call that. each other out on either... Like what's happening in their life, or they'll just literally spill the tea on what's happening right. and have those conversations. Or at the same time, there's also like, all right, Beyonce's on, and then it's like, you know, <laughs> onto those rocks. There, there are some stereotypes <laughs> that are stereotypes for a reason. Okay, like the only people I know that get up at midnight to listen to the new Lady Gaga are the gays. So there are some stereotypes that are like, yes, that's true. It's that more, is very It's just true. been so eye-opening. It's It's been a great experience because, again, it just opens my mind to things that I I was never really around. Like right. I was around it, but not to this extent. Right. Which now I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I always find it so fascinating um, because, you know, living with Holly for the first five years we worked together, and now you, Scott— how we as gay people, and obviously painting with a broad brush, yeah. just as an every gay person, but in my experience and what I've always surrounded myself with is like a family yes. where every week, you know, like I'm pretty sure as soon as we're done recording this podcast this Friday afternoon, I'm going to start getting text of like, you know, 
whose house are we having dinner at tonight? And then, like, you know, there's about 10 of us that will get together for Pride tomorrow and, you know, we'll celebrate together. But, like, that's how my entire adult life has been is having this group of friends. And I think because I know for me, like, I always just felt like I wasn't fully myself in high school. So, like, when y'all had those groups of friends in high school and middle school, I didn't. Yeah. I was just reading about it and, like, watching TV shows about it. And so for me, it was so important to have that sort of support system. Um, so that's why, you know, every Friday or Saturday night, I'm like, all right, I'm cooking. Who's coming over? And everyone just lines that's up. That's so cool. It's like, beautiful. that is so special to have. And yeah. any any sort of community should have that because, like, again, you should be surrounding yourself with people that you love and enjoy being around. And, like, that's something I truly respect out of your friend group. I'm like, dang, like, y'all have each other's back through anything, and you're mm. always down to just be there for whatever ever is needed and that is so important it's awesome well not always because well it's like family they yeah. fight yeah families oh, yeah. fight <laughs> and families have good times and, and sometimes <laughs> family members are like screw you guys i'm yeah. out that's me normally i'm the one go ahead and get the other guy on the phone um i'm the person in the group i'm, be, I'm the first one that's like bitch i'm tired it's friday y'all can go somewhere else and then abe is like do you want me to stay home with you or can I go? Ew. And at first, at the beginning of our relationship, I was like, why are you trying to leave? Where are you going? Yikes. Now I'm like, girl, bye. Yeah. Have fun. Well, it's, it's established now. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting how that's changed, um, you know, as we have grown together in the past two and a half years. How literally I'm like, bye. Yeah. Bye. I'm going to just sit here. And I started watching a new show by myself last night. He was gone. And I was comfortable like. comfortable with yourself. Mm, yes. Yes, and I never thought that would actually what, be the case. I feel like people that are uncomfortable or don't like being alone, they haven't figured out how to be quite comfortable with themselves yet. Absolutely. Well, what I wanted to do is um, spotlight different voices from the LGBTQ community. So over the past few podcasts, we've talked to um, a trans person, um, a mother of a trans person, uh, Chris from St. Pete Pride, because... You've heard my story. You've heard me talk about my life being gay. Um, this is a very interesting perspective. Um, is it Raphael? Is that how you say it? Yes. Actually, you say Raphael, but Raphael is fine. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. My mouth doesn't move right. So <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. <laughs> um, so you slid up in my DMs. You listened to the podcast and you said, I want to provide a different perspective uh, about being gay, that's because you spent 21 years of your life growing up in Venezuela? Yes. So I'm 25. I came here almost four years ago. Wow. So pretty much my whole teenage years and my college years, I spent it in Venezuela. Now, so one thing about Latin, Latin culture that I feel a lot of people don't notice is that Latin culture is really conservative. Mm. So, uh, women's rights, uh, gay rights, uh, black people rights, all of that is underestimated within our Latin culture because, for example, in school, we don't really get taught about any history unless it's by a white man, you know? Mm. And you don't realize that when you're there. You realize that once you get out of the country. So, I feel like my experience being gay in Venezuela was a really uh, experience where I had to help myself a lot. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that I never allow myself to be me, you know? 
because even though I was uh, in high school in 2012 and people were starting to be accepting towards gay people, you couldn't be a feminine gay. You had to be a masculine gay. Right. For example, I remember one time when I was in college, I was 17, and I was coming out to one of my best friends. And she told me, you know what, I accept you, but please don't be feminine. Please mm. don't be like the other guys. Right. So when you don't know, so when you don't know better, you think that's the right way to do. So I didn't allow myself to enjoy like drag shows or uh, makeup, or I didn't even allow myself to, you know, enjoy my feminine side mm. because in the back of my mind I had that burden that I needed to be masculine because that's the uh, appropriate way that gays are going to be accepted. Which is so unfortunate so, because not it, not even in, in just in gay culture or just for gay men who are, you know, feel feminine, but just as a masculine man who is straight, it's both. You yeah. Everybody has both sides. Right. Part of you is a little masculine mm-hmm. and part of you is a little feminine and to not even address it is problematic. So I can see how even bigger of a problem it was for you. Yes, absolutely. And so when I, fortunately, because I don't know if you guys know a lot about Venezuela, but Venezuela is a really troubled country, both socially, economically, politically. It's it's a disaster. So when I was blessed enough to come to the United States, like it's like the whole world opened to me, you know? Mm. It's like I I not only... uh, in terms of people being who they are, it's just that legally people were allowed to be who they are. Mm. Legally, people could get married. Like Legally, you could sue somebody if you were discriminated just for being gay. I know there's still a lot of work to do about it, but it's such a different contrast to where I'm from because I remember when I was like eight years old and the principal of my school told me that the worst insult you can give to a man is calling him gay. Mm. So imagine growing up, like because I had great parents. My parents, my parents were great, but my parents taught me to love myself as long as I'm not gay. So wow. it's it's a really sharp contrast between being gay here in America. At least that's been my experience, and being gay where I'm from because where I'm from it's so conservative and it's such a taboo. And I feel a lot of people don't allow themselves to be themselves. How has your experience been in the gay community since you have moved here to Tampa Bay? Well, uh, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I have a boyfriend now, but two years ago I didn't know anybody. So I met friends through, through Grindr and stuff like that. And honestly, I felt so free at the gay clubs and I felt such a freedom. I felt like them i'm home you know even though everybody's different and everybody express themselves and are themselves in different ways like i felt like i belong because people weren't afraid of 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 who they were you know like even though like people there's still homo homophobia in here it's it's different you know like like i allow myself to enjoy drag queen shows i just allow myself to to be who i am and enjoy people who also have uh, a similar uh, origin than than myself. So my experience again many Tampa has been like like eye opening. You know, like I in the moment that I allow myself to be who I am, I realize that the world is so beautiful, and it's because we're all so different, and we can all learn from each other. And that's something that sadly my country 
where I'm from didn't allow us to be. And it's mainly because the laws and the social conversation are based on religion, in Catholic religion. Mm. I was going to say, a lot of it has got to be religion-based because it's so, it's there. there is a huge religious presence. And, I mean, I grew up in the Catholic Church, so I know that a lot of Hispanic yeah, um, countries are fully focused on just religion. And the rules are very strict, oh, yeah. well, you know, very strict when it comes to that. Yes, 100%. And I know every Latin uh, person has their own story. But at least my experience, even being in college, I remember back then, I really didn't know what a transgender person was, you know? Mm. I didn't know the difference between transgender and cross-dressing. Right. So I remember in college, there was this this woman who was transgender, and nobody understood her, nobody. And that made me realize, like, damn, I'm a cisgender man, even though I'm gay and I'm Latino and I have to struggle with certain social constructs. Like, and I have felt like, in my life, I have felt depressed. I have felt like horrible. I can't imagine what a trans person feels mm. because they don't only have to go through this world with all the pain that a- any other human being goes through. They also have to be rejected by who they are. Right. So something that I have found in America that I I didn't find in Venezuela, even though I had great friends, my friends were really accepting with me as I grew up. Uh, better people surrounded me. But, like, in a general term, I feel like America has a lot of empathy. Of course, there there are the racists and the, you know, like, the homophobes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, in general, I have felt like people are more empathetic here because people allow themselves to tell their stories. Right. You know? Wow. Uh, last question, Rafael, before we let you go. What does pride mean to you? Well, pride means to me being uh, uh, proud of who I am, realizing I'm worth it. And every little feeling I have, whether it's anger, whether it's pride, whether it's happiness, sadness, I deserve to feel it. Like my body, myself, my soul deserves to feel it. So I think pride to pride means to me bravery and pride of being who I am. Mm. Well, you got me crying. <laughs> Dang. Aww. No, no, it's a good cry. Oh, it's a yeah, happy, happy tear. It's good. You know so what? I, ju- I just want to say something Please. really quick before you guys let me go. You Absolutely. guys are like my super soft Sunday. Oh! So I've listened to, to you guys since like Oh, my November, God. And, and, when, and when the whole pandemic started, I started doing Uber. And, and I just remember listening to you guys. And, you know, I went to journalist school in Venezuela. Mm. And you guys did something that I felt a lot of media forgot to do. And you guys not only entertained, you guys informed and educated people. Like, because I'm I'm on Twitter all the time. I I really like politics. So all the news about COVID were about national, uh, sorry, nationwide news. You know, I didn't have any community news Mm. from the Internet. So it was through you guys that I found out that Tampa was going to reopen barbershops or whatever Tampa was going to happen. So I felt like for the first time in my life, because not even in my home country, for the first time, and it's honestly thanks to you guys, I felt part of a community. You know, I felt like, damn, I belong here. And, and that felt really nice. So I just, I really love you guys, the three of you. Well, we love you too. And America is a beautiful place now that you are here in it. And we are so lucky to be able to have you as a citizen here. So thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, you have a wonderful Pride weekend, and however you're going to celebrate, enjoy yourself. You deserve it, okay? All right. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. We love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Holly, you're in tears. Sorry, I can't help it. What's going on? What's in your mind? It just... (sighs) really moved me like I he's in my dms too and like I've had mm. conversations with him too mm-hmm. as soon as we got as we got him on the phone I was like oh I know who this is but it's just you really don't know if you're making a difference or not you know and I want to like I that's my fondest wish is to like help others and you can't really tell sometimes right. but like the fact that he said Super Soul Sunday, like, I love that. Oh, you got to go to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many of us here. <laughs> no, no, girl. We got it. We got it. We're, we're focused. We're lasered in. I just, it just, Super Soul Sunday, with, this is so, this sounds really dumb, I guess. No, don't say it's dumb. I'm not going to let you do that negative self-talk. Not here. Now, when he just said we're Super Soul Sunday, <laughs> what would Oprah say yeah. if somebody, if Deep Proc Chopra was like, well, this is going to sound stupid, she'd be like, I'm going to punch you in the face of Deep Proc. All right. Well, anyway, I feel like my life, kind of like when at back at the beginning of the podcast, when I was talking about Mr. C and Rent and how like that was a pivotal moment for my life and I didn't realize it at the time, much the same was Super Soul Sunday when we were unemployed. So let when me we tell were, you, oh my God. When we were unemployed and like life was upside down, that was a very defining moment for my life, but I didn't know it then either. Cause you kind of don't when right. you're going through one of those changes. Sorry, I'm kind of trying to That's speak right. with a completely stuffed up nose now. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so anyway, back in 2012, uh, was it 2013? Just 2012. 2012. Yeah, no, yeah, twenty end of twenty twelve is mm-hmm. when we were unemployed into into the beginning of twenty thirteen. So uh, obviously we didn't really have a lot to do. So no. I read a lot of books, I watched a lot of TV, um, and I I think it was Owen was around. Never mind, Owen wasn't around. Yeah, it was it was okay, around. Okay, yeah. thank you. Because I was like, yeah, confused. it started in twenty eleven. Got it. <laughs> I remember. I'm glad you know. Uh, so Super Soul Sunday came about, and that was the first time that I realized that life was bigger, which is weird because I was already like 30, I think. Mm. Yeah, that was the year that I turned 30. So by the way, change can happen at any time. But like watching those episodes where Oprah would talk to Deepak Chopra or Eckhart Tolle or Brene Brown or whoever um, about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I was really introduced to spirituality. Mm. And that's a very different thing than religion. Yes. And so I had never in my life understood spirituality, mm. even though I had been in religion my entire life. Right. So that was very pivotal. And maybe it's because I didn't realize it until he said that, how big of an impact Super Soul Sunday had on me mm. about how it turned my life into like a different thing where right. I love that spirituality. Mm. Um and it is different than the, what, you know, like your typical traditional religion. It's just different. And so I'm not really, I don't think I can speak on the rest of it yet because I don't think I even have it formulated in my own head. But it meant a lot, obviously, is it like a trigger that he would say that because I respect that um, platform and those, those 
voices. Yes, thank you. Like mm-hmm. those voices, mm-hmm. because I had never heard anything like that before. Right. Um, so much, and so it just really was like full circle. Mm. That's all I have to say about that for the moment. I love it. Okay, that's it. Sorry. I love it. Okay. Scott, do you have anything else you want to say? I am not going to say anything <laughs> after <laughs> that. That needs its own time. Oh, gosh. All right, well. Blow my nose some more. To uh, end the podcast as we go into our sort of private, uh, introspective pride weekends, I wanted to play the trailer for Disclosure by Laverne Cox, the trans star from Orange is the New Black. You can see this on Netflix. Um, So be safe, have a great weekend, and happy Pride. I can't even tell you how many times I've been in public space, particularly early in my transition, when I would walk into a subway car and people would just burst into laughter. And I think people are been trained to have that reaction. According to a study from GLAAD, 80% of Americans don't actually personally know someone who is transgender. So most of the information that Americans get about who transgender people are, what our lives are and are about, comes from the media. We've been around since there was uh, footage. You just have to look for us. Can we all just talk about D.W. Griffith for a minute? Not only is he incredibly racist, but he turned gender non-conforming people into the joke. So it's like you can't have like queer trans people and blackness in the same space at the same time. So what's it say about my queer trans black ass? They've died so many times they can't even count on camera. I've been a prostitute, prostitute one, prostitute two, call girl, hooker, you know. The crying game created a ripple effect. You are a trans person who existed, made people physically ill was the way in which my favorite movie as a child ended. There are lots of ugly things about our history but I think we have to know them. I have been beaten. I have been thrown in jail for gay liberation. And you all treat me this way? There is a one-word solution to almost all the problems in trans media. We just need more. And that way, the occasional clumsy representation wouldn't matter as much because it wouldn't be all that there is. You see a fierceness that's coming up now. That's because we ain't got nothing to lose. These are my sisters up here, but the struggle is real. The ways in which trans people have been represented have suggested that we're mentally ill, that we don't exist. And yet here we are, and we've always been here. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.